Welcome to PCA One-on-One, Positive Coaching Alliance's podcast series where we talk with leading experts about how to develop better athletes, better people through sports. Hello, and welcome to PCA's One-on-One podcast series. This is Rich Przinski with Positive Coaching Alliance. Joining us today is Coach Nick Myers, head men's lacrosse coach at Ohio State University. Coach Myers is entering his eighth season as head coach at Ohio State. He took over the program in 2008 after three seasons as the top assistant for the Buckeyes. During his time as head coach, Coach Myers has led the Buckeyes to the first postseason title in program history, a spot in the NCAA quarterfinals twice, both in 2013 and 15, and to a number three seed in the 2013 NCAA tournament. Nick, welcome to the call. Thank you. Grateful to be here. Thank you so much. Um, you know, I'd like to start off here talking a little bit about uh, your coaching career. Um, one one thing I understand is that you started coaching at the collegiate level almost immediately after graduating college. Uh, what were some of the things, some of the catalysts that motivated you to explore that career path at such a young age? Yeah, uh, well, you know, I'd have to start with, you know, kind of humble beginnings. Uh, I grew up in southern Maine and um, was very fortunate, you know, to be surrounded by some incredible people at a young age and you know, no, none more important than my, my family, my parents. Um, parents both, uh, you know, they split when I was young and, and remarried. Uh, so I like to say my brother and I, who, were, who was two years younger than me, um, joked that we were raised by four educators. But my, my mom and dad were teachers, and they remarried to teachers. They lived in this, you know, we lived in the same town. So we'd spend half the week with my, my mom and stepfather and half the week with my dad and stepmom. And um, that was really impactful at a young age, you know, for, for both myself and my brother. Uh, just to, to be raised and uh, by people that were just uh, so passionate about teaching and, and impacting others, and they were they were coaches as well. So uh, you know that's probably where it started for me. I, I just felt like even in, into high school, you know, being involved with athletics, football, basketball, lacrosse were my primary sports. Uh, but but loved coaching, loved teaching, loved working with kids, and uh, was fortunate to have the opportunity to go on to Springfield College, where I majored in physical education, and um, again was entrenched with some incredible leadership. And, uh, you know, with the opportunity right out of college to come out here and, and be a volunteer at Ohio State, uh, that was, to me, almost a no-brainer at the time. It was, uh, it, was, it was a tough decision in a sense. I had a lot of college loans. And, you know, you know, for someone that had a teaching opportunity out there for him to turn that down to come out here was hard to explain to my mom and dad initially, but certainly glad that I did. And, uh, you know, I've been really fortunate so obviously since. But, uh, you know, that's where it started, you know, again, with, with my family. And, and uh, you know, again, my brother, who Pat Myers, who's also in coaching, he's the associate head coach at, at UPenn. Uh, that relationship was, uh, was really impactful. He was here at Ohio State at the time, so that was also a draw. But uh, growing up, him and I were, were, were competitive uh, with one another, but uh, also you know, both shared that same passion. That's amazing and really neat to hear uh, your take on on teaching um, being such a, a dynamic component of your desire. It really seems like it's a very mission-based kind of approach that you've got. Uh, you've, you've got a plan in place and you've got uh, some big goals for the athletes in which uh, that you're guiding. Um, I, I actually even believe you've been quoted as saying that coaching is your opportunity to mentor and teach young men, um, and that that's a really powerful. Uh, statement and approach um, you know just to just to think about that a little bit more um, how does that perspective impact the way in which you coach the way you engage with and motivate your athletes 
Well, you know, I, I think it's really humbling. You know, I think it's certainly something at 36 years old, I've got a long way to go and, and a great deal of growth, uh, both as a, uh, you know, a husband, a father, and a, and a leader here of, of men. But, you know, I think as you mentioned, um, I do feel that way. I do feel like coaching is an opportunity to teach and, and certainly mentor. Um, you know, I work you know, about 30 yards from, from where Coach Meyer's office is and here at Ohio State. And, you know, those gentlemen uh, are competing like heck too. But I, I think the difference being that, you know, a lot of those young men grow up with the aspirations of someday maybe possibly playing in the NFL or going on to a professional career. And, you know, whereas lacrosse, certainly championships are a big part of our recruitment process and, and a goal of ours competitively. But ultimately, for us to define success, you know, we have to look at the, the big picture, you know, and the fact that we have these young men for four years in every case and the opportunity that you have to see that growth over a four-year window um, and to challenge them in a number of different ways. Uh, it's it's just uh, it's been it's been awesome, and I think for me, reflecting back on where I was at 28 when I first got this head coaching job, and, and where I am now is significantly different. And um, you know, I'm grateful for the patience that my athletes that have played for me uh, have, have had with me, you know, in efforts to, to grow together. But uh, you know, I, it's it's something I really enjoy. I, I, I enjoy it as an assistant, and certainly enjoy even now more so as as a head coach. I'm grateful for the fact that I got the staff that I have here at Ohio State because I think your coaching staff is, it has to be an extension of your philosophy. And, you know, I'm grateful that we got the people that we do that, that really uh, we all share the same values. And ultimately, I think that's where it needs to start at the top. And, you know, and if you get that buy-in from, uh, from those that work with you, uh, it's really easy to share that, you know, with those uh, that are part of the, the lacrosse family. No doubt. And one of the things you mentioned there, you mentioned the word success. And, um, you know, there's lots of ways to define that when we're talking about sports and, and specifically collegiate sports. Um, oftentimes success uh, can be, you know, connotated just in terms of the scoreboard. You know, is the team winning or is the team losing? Um, you have had a lot of scoreboard success at Ohio State since um, since you took over the role there. And, um but it sounds like you know the success in terms of the scoreboard obviously isn't the only um, the only driver here. But it sounds like your growth as a coach too has allowed um, for you know the program to maintain um, the, those achievements on the field. But it also sounds like off the field as well um, in terms of your growth as a coach and, and the way that um, uh, your, you know your athletes have been impacted by you as well. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. I think that you know you can define success in a number of ways. I'll just say this, you know, I, being here at Ohio State, you know, I, I've really grown up as a young. I started here, as you mentioned, at 21 years old, at my 13th season in the athletic department here at Ohio State, and I've been in coaching 15. Um, so I, I've been fortunate to be around some amazing people, as you can imagine, this department, and uh, none none more uh, impactful than than Mr. Gene Smith, you know, who's our vice president and athletic director here, and. You know, it starts at the top, you know, as I said, with a leader that, that really believes in certainly competitive success. And, and we don't hide from our competitive goals. Listen, we want to compete for Big Ten championships and national titles. Um, but when, I, when I've had the opportunity to sit down and, and Gene and I, you know, do this quarterly and we talk, um, it's always about, you know, what are we doing in the classroom? You know, we're entering our eighth season with a 3.0 cumulative GPA uh, or higher, something we're really proud of here at Ohio State um, with our men's lacrosse team. You know, we average just over four to 500 hours, depending on the year, of community service, uh, which is a big staple of who we are. Um, you look at your career placement, you know, and one of the things we, we're really, you know, always hammering away at is our juniors and seniors and how are we connecting them, how are we working. And I always feel like that's an area that we can improve upon and do more for, for these young men. Um, 
you know, and just the, the success that they're having the two or three years out after they leave, you know. And so I, I, when, when you're evaluating that, and you know, I could go on and on. And I, I, I think of one of my favorite stories is Dominique Alexander, who was a captain for us in 2013. He was part of my, my first recruiting class and the first player to play four years for me and was a captain. And one of the best players to ever play in the Scarlet and Gray, uh, I think. He's playing professionally now, but I can remember when he applied for an internship here uh, to be basically Gene Smith's apprentice for the summer. It was part of the Bucks Go Pro, Bucks Go Pro program. And there was probably 50 or 60 athletes that applied for this thing and then another 10 or 12 that interviewed. And, uh, and Neek won the job. And when he came back into my office and told me, uh, it was just an amazing coaching moment, and I'll never forget that. And that was the year that we, you know, we beat Virginia at Virginia. You know, we beat Loyola. Uh, you know, we beat Denver. Uh, we were conference champs that year. You know, we went on and we had a really good year. Beat, hosted our first round game ever in the shoe. Beat Towson. So my point there is, we had some competitive success. But when you look back at that year, that's one of the first memories I have uh, of thinking of just you know how ecstatic he was that he went in and squared up one of the most powerful men in college athletics, and and won an internship. Um, and so I think, you guys like I said, as a coach, you can define success in a number of ways. And it's important that we step back and we look at, you know, the whole student athlete, especially as an Olympic sport coach. No doubt. What a rich experience uh, for you as a coach to, to have had that opportunity and really seize that moment. Um, and looking back at 2013 in terms of the, the actual scoreboard, you know, competitive success you had and, and have this um, experience with Dominique stand out, uh, I think is really, is really cool. You know, to, from my perspective um, and, and knowing what I do about the Ohio State program and, and knowing what I know about you, um, you know, it, it sounds like you guys have a really rich culture. And, you know, I think that we can agree that having talented athletes alone will get a team only so far. Team chemistry, culture, those carry a lot of weight and help high-achieving teams to succeed really at even greater levels. Um, at PCA, we define culture as the way we do things here. And there's a quote that's servicing quite frequently these days that is, culture eats strategy for breakfast. How might that quote apply to your Ohio State program? Yeah, I mean, we, we I think there's a lot there, and I would just say specific to the quote, you know, I would, I would agree. You know, I think that um, one of the things that's been really impactful for us uh, and a learning experience for me was, you know, you go back to 13, uh, 2013, again, where competitively we had, you know, one of the best years in the program's history, um, and then we came back in, in, uh, in 2014, and we're 6-8, and eight, you know, and, and at the same time, we had arguably the highest GPA we've ever had that year, and we did a ton of awesome things, like I said, in the community, uh, but we fell short in some of our competitive goals. We lost a several one-goal games, and uh, didn't necessarily have the same chemistry down the stretch that we had in 13. And, uh, you know, I think for me that was a real learning experience. You know, I had to take a look inside and, you know, ask myself, I, I think when you look at your culture, one of the coaches, the mistakes we can make is is that each year we'll have kind of that same, you know, cookie cutter type thing. Well, hey, it worked with these guys last year. We'll do the same thing again this year. And, you know, I've learned that, that that's that's not necessarily always the case, you know, that each group of men is, is kind of unique in that sense. Talk about credit. Could be someone to talk about LinkedIn. Could be talking about, uh, you know, your 30-second your elevator speech. But we had 15 or 20 different speakers in over the course of the fall. And that was a big part, you know, of, again, building the whole student-athlete 
creating the culture. And, uh, yeah, I mean, as far as the, the talent and, and, and culture, I mean, you need talent too. You know, but you want you want humble warriors. You know, you want guys that, that really believe in the we, not the me. And ultimately, you, you hope that prevails. I got to say, <clears throat> I really appreciate you sharing all that information. Um, what, what, a, what a fantastic approach that you're applying. Um, I think this is a lesson that coaches that are going to be listening to this um, can really take a lot of value away, and I think one of the things that one of the things that really stands out to me um, is a really core reminder uh, when it comes to coaching, and it's that you know coaches have to adapt to their personnel. We can't always have the personnel adapt to what we want them to do. They just might not be able to do that, right? They may not be able to meet those expectations for whatever reason, um, and so I think really you know, good coaches, like you said, kind of like good to great ideas that good coaches become great coaches when they put kids in places where they can be successful. Um, and it sounds like you're, you're really doing that um, in, in some really meaningful and relevant ways that are going to impact these guys well beyond um, their time at Ohio State. Yeah, well, I appreciate you sharing that. I mean, we had to, like I said, you know, after coming off 14, we, we took a hard look inside and we surveyed our men and you know, we made several changes. One, one of the changes that I'd like to share that I think is something that um, I've shared with some other coaches here at Ohio State and is worth thinking about if you're a coach out there and you're wanting to try to get a better pulse, especially if you're a coach that's working with, you know, 25 to 30-plus student-athletes. In my case, we have about 40. We have 44 men on our team right now. And that can be really challenging, you know, to build an intimate relationship and, and kind of stay on the pulse of your whole group. And I think one of the things that, that we were successful with in 13, we had a really strong senior class and, and strong leaders, um, very outspoken leaders, was, you know, I met with those seniors weekly as well as the captains. Uh, and, and, and primarily the captains, but, but a lot in, invested in that senior class. And, uh, you know, I think what I did coming out of 14 is we developed something that we refer to as the Leadership Council, uh, the LC in short. And it's, a, it's, a, it's the makeup of it is two freshmen, uh, three sophomores, four juniors, and, and five seniors. So it's about 30% of your roster in our case, uh, but it's, it's a, it gives you a real good, um, you know, it, it, I think it's, you know, a sophomore's day-to-day is very different than a senior's day-to-day, you know, versus a freshman. And that was the miss for me in 14. There was a disconnect between our freshmen and sophomores and our upperclassmen. And I think you have that in high school. You have that um, as well in college. And what we did that summer following the 2014 year is we had bi-weekly conference calls in the summer. So whether I was in Vancouver or Maryland, Texas, wherever I was recruiting, you know, 8 p.m. every Tuesday night, every other Tuesday night, we'd have a 30-minute conference call with the LC. And the call would start with 15 minutes of them telling me about the three or four phone calls they made to other teammates that, that you know, those two weeks. And then we would unpack over the course of 15. We'd always have an agenda. Um, we would never go over 30. You know, we were committed to that. Uh, but for the that was for a lot of kids, that's the first time they've ever been on a conference call, you know. So that was new, and then we would uh, kind of like unpack just just some off season things, you know. That that particular off season, we read the Energy Bus by John Gordon, which is an incredible tool for anyone that's listening. Um, I would highly recommend that. Mr. Gordon's been great to me and Buckeye Lacrosse. He spoke to our team this fall, as well as Team USA. But uh, that was a tool that we used that was very impactful for our team. We read it as an LC over the summer. We talked about it every two weeks. Um, we, we unpacked it. Uh, you know, we, we addressed all the team rules. I gave them the rules. I had them look at them. I wanted them sent back to me, and we had to call on that. 
so when we hit campus that fall, we had had six or seven calls with this LC that, that was, again, made up of the whole team and uh, from freshmen through seniors. And so we just felt like we hit the ground running with a much different dynamic. And, you know, that was something that we did again this past season, I think has been a, a difference maker in, as you said, our culture and maybe just uh, our overall um, – you know, just, you know, as me, for me as a leader of the pulse and what they do learn, and I'll, I'll finish with this, I think as, as players, um, they, they feel much more comfortable sharing feedback with me, you know, because we've created, I think, as a staff, this, this um, it, it's just rare. I mean, there's, there's not, we say as coaches, hey, I have an open door policy, but when practice is going on and, you know, practice ends and they have class, when do they really have a chance to talk with you? Um, so I think with this LC and this conference call and it being very laid back, you know, it gives these guys a chance to talk to each other. We have a text chain, but they also provide me with some really good feedback. You know, hey, coach, we like this. We don't like this. And then once we hit campus, we meet biweekly. And uh, I think it's been very productive. It sounds, it sounds, uh, sounds amazing, to be honest. I, I love the fact that, um, you know, it really is that open, that open policy, right? C- kids are going to come to you and say, hey, you know, this is what I'm feeling about this situation. Uh, but, again, too, the difference is, right, even developmentally, um, between you know an 18 year old and a and a 21 year old, a lot of people think uh, there might not be that big of a difference. But the reality is, wow, they're really at different points in their life. Um, that's uh, that's really cool. I, I love the fact too that um, you're you're really empowering those athletes at at all grade level, all year levels to um, to really have a stake in the game in terms of leadership. Right? You're you're really positioning them to then share their opinions, their views uh, with those upperclassmen and vice versa, and then taking that, that word and that, and that information back to their, their peers, um, whether it's the same year level or above or below. But I, I love the way that, um, <clears throat> that this works, and I think it's a, it's a message that um, a lot of sport leaders um, and head coaches can really utilize, whether it um, be at the college level, high school level, athletic directors um, would you know, really benefit from from using this type of approach, really, really neat. Um, I'd love to hear that because th- this kind of segues into the next uh, the next idea and theme that I was hoping to talk about. And you mentioned it briefly a few moments ago where you talked about relationships and, and really developing strong bonds and connections and relationships with your athletes. Um, but I understand that, you know, a true cornerstone of your coaching approach lies within building trust between athlete and coach and vice versa. Um, you know, you talked about the leadership council, um, which, I, which I'm sure helps to, to develop some of that trust. But what are some of the other things that you guys are doing um, to begin building that trust between um, coaches and athletes? Yeah, and again, I think this is an area that, that I like to think that uh, I've grown a great deal. Um, you know, humbled by the fact that there's, there's a lot of work to be done. But uh, as you grow as a coach and you look back, it, it makes you appreciate the guys that you had and the in, in 2009 and 2010, um, you know, when maybe you weren't uh, building trust with student athletes the way that you are today. And it, it's such a vital part uh, of their, you know, every day. And, and as coaches, we have this plan and we have this, this practice and we have the drills and we know we want to execute it. But at the end of the day, it's, it's white noise if they don't, if they don't believe in you, if they don't, if they don't connect with you, if there's not some sort of uh, a relationship and, you know, I'll say this, you know, everyone talks about how bad early recruiting is. I'm going to tell you something, <laughs> and I'm probably going to regret this, but there's, there's a lot of po- there's positives too. You know, i got a freshman class on here that these guys I've known for two years. 
you know, I've had them visited seven or eight times. I've built a relationship. I know their families, you know, and so, you know, in some ways that, that's been, that's been really awesome, you know, and, and sure there's negatives and, and I don't certainly want to sidetrack there, but I would tell you from a relationship piece, uh, that's been really nice, you know, because we've been able to hit the ground running and they know each other, you know, they've, they've, they've gotten to, to, to build those relationships over the course of their, their time prior even to stepping on campus. But, um, you know, some of the things that we do to build trust initially is like, you know, that LC, um, you know, they, they make the calls. We have a big brother, little brother system that's in place. Uh, when they first get here the first weekend, you know, the older guys are waiting for them outside the dorms with their families. They move them in. Uh, we do a freshman breakfast where I, I, you know, I have all the freshmen, you know, kind of with my staff, and I sit down with all the families and talk about uh, that, that first week and, you know, just try to help the parents through that, that, that challenging moment of saying their first goodbye and letting them know what expectations are and uh, kind of do's and don'ts. Um, and I think that builds trust with them, which is important. And then, uh, you know, we go on a team retreat. This has been our third year of our retreat where we go to West Virginia and we go whitewater rafting. We camp out. We stay in tents. We do a campfire. And, you know, I'm sitting around the fire with these guys. We're playing music and, uh, it's just a really nice way to break the ice. You know, we take away their phones for two days. There's no, no Twitter, no, no social media, nothing. Just, just brotherhood. And I found that that, way, that breaks down a lot of the barriers. Um, it's hard to put a group together for the first time and have them do a conditioning test, you know, the first time you meet, you know. So uh, recommend, you know, we have them over the house to, to dinner and we do some stuff. And that, that's early on. But then once that foundation is laid and there, there is trust and there is a love and respect, that I think everyone appreciates um, and understands. And that, that starts, like I said, with the phone calls in the summer all the way through the, the, the rafting together. Uh, then you get into to the mission and, and, the, and hey, hey, what are we here? What's the purpose of Buckeye Lacrosse? And you start to define who we are, as I said, the rules and kind of the, the expectations of the program as well as uh, goals for the team. You know, and, and I, I believe, and this is part of the R-Factor training, but, you know, it's my, my uh, philosophy that elite people want to be challenged and they crave feedback. And we talk about that and the difference of, you know, uh, you know how, to, how to take feedback, how to be coachable, you know, and to, to embrace an E. And, the, the, you know, an E is, is confrontation. It's my job as a coach to create tough moments, to create adversity at times. And I think the R-Factor training has helped them understand that and appreciate that, hey, you know, he's making me stronger. He's making me tougher. He's hardening me uh, in some of those moments where it may have been in the past. Hey, this guy's a jerk. You know, this guy doesn't get me. Um, you know, and so I think that's where we've we've come a long way. But you know, that's on that's our, that's our job as a coach to make sure that we we really find that delicate balance. And you can do that a lot of ways. I mean, today I went down to the training room and. You know, I joke around with some guys in there, and before the, I come in, the music's on the locker room. It's one of my, you know, I, mandatory. And uh, But when we start the meeting, it's a different tone. You know, it's, it's a business tone, you know, and I think they need to see both sides of you as a coach. That's really important because if all they see is business, 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 you know, dial in, dial in, dial in, over time it, it becomes uh, a job. It becomes it, the passion, the love. The brotherhood becomes, you know, a, a bit stale, if you will. So, I know I'm rambling. I, those are some thoughts on, on my heart. No, that I was... not at all. I mean, honestly, these are the types of things that um, coaches that are going to listen to us talk today are going to benefit from. At the end of the day, so much of what you're sharing is just absolutely, extremely valuable information, and really, so much about coaching is developing those relationships. And to your point, challenging. Uh, these young men to achieve things they may not have 
thought that before they could do. Um, I love the fact that you're you're engaging with the guys in in ways that are totally disconnected from lacrosse, right? The the trip to West Virginia, the whitewater rafting. There's no connection to the actual sport, to the actual game. But man, when you talk about the impact it has on a group and coming back from that <clears throat> more deeply connected and it, you know kind of adhered to a common goal, you know that's invaluable. The other thing you mentioned too um, about your R factor training um, that I think is is something that um, a lot of coaches um, may struggle with is that the, you guys are using, to your point, a common language, right? When you say something um, relating to the R factor and the challenges that you're presenting to the athletes, they get it, right? Oftentimes we say things as coaches to, to young athletes, um, they just simply don't understand. And we haven't maybe done our job to best communicate what some of those expectations are. What are some of our hopes as coaches uh, to see you achieve throughout the course of the season. Um, so I love the way that you're, you're laying out the ways in which uh, you develop those relationships. I think it's very powerful um, and certainly something that it sounds like it's, um, it's already um, having, a, having a nice impact uh, for your program. Um, one of the things here at Positive Coaching Alliance that we, that we um, have developed is the idea of the triple impact competitor, and this is something specifically related to athletes. Uh, we define a triple in- impact competitor as an athlete that's committed to improving themselves, improving their teammates, and their sport as a whole by honoring the game. Um, can you tell us a story or, or share, shed a little bit of light on perhaps one or two of your athletes or perhaps even a former teammate who struck you as a triple impact competitor? Uh, you know, I, I, I certainly, uh, again, I, I feel like I've been very fortunate as a young age to, to be around some incredible people, coaches, mentors, um, and certainly players. And, you know, I think, um, you know, I, at a young age, two of the people that I would say that I was most impressed with, people, people maybe people I hadn't hadn't seen or just hadn't been exposed to to, to leaders like this would be uh, Joe Bresci, who I worked under, um, who was one of the best players in the world at his time when he was a player, um, you know, on world teams, et cetera. But uh, what, what Coach taught me was an incredible coach. But I think what, what I took away from Coach was, and this is when I'm 21, 22 years old on staff and trying to figure out what this coaching thing's all about. And at that time, I, you know, I was definitely much more invested in the X's and O's and how do you win and what do I need to do. And, and I saw a man that had a beautiful family, um, an incredible wife, uh, and, you know, it was a priority for him to leave the office, you know, by 5, 5.30 every day, you know, and we started before I got on the call, and you asked me how much time we had, and I told you we were good as long as I got home by 5.30, and, I, and that's that's where I live, and I, it was a takeaway for me is, you know, he, he was an incredible coach, and um, but also wanted to be a great dad and wanted to be a great husband, and I think that was really powerful for me to, to see at a young age, and We'd jog on the treadmill together almost every day, and I hate running, but I would run on the treadmill with him um, just to pick his brain. And it was very rarely about, like, hey, man up, man down, offense, recruiting. It was always about, like, his journey. You know, tell me when you did this. Tell me about this interview. Tell me about this moment. Tell me how you handled that that situation. And um, and just an incredible impact. Uh, you know, the other guy that comes to mind was someone that, again, when I was an assistant, uh, by the name of Kevin Buchanan, who's again, in my humble opinion, he's probably the one of the best players in the world. Uh, played in the, the USA team last summer, but he's a Buckeye, and he came to us from Calvert Hall, and was not a blue chip recruit, and 5'10", 160 pounds when he got here, and 
um, really changed the face of our program. You know, and that was the, that was the first quarterfinals trip that we ever made a senior year. Where we beat Cornell in the first round. Um, but he was a young man that would lead Bible studies. Um, he was someone that came with a with a positive attitude. I mean, I can't remember a day of stepping on the lacrosse field not having that kid smiling and excitable about the game and and about his teammates. And uh, I'll never forget that. You know, just his energy and enthusiasm. And, and there was times where you know I would, you know, him and I would joke, and it was uh, I would need him to be more serious. But you know, the the fact that he had that that positive approach to things. Um, and was such a talented player, I thought, impacted his teammates in a, in a really unique way. Those are two great examples. Um, and, you know, many folks that uh, are familiar with the, the sport of lacrosse know Coach Bresci and, and the success he's had at North Carolina. And um, it's, it's great to kind of hear that side um, of, of him and, and the impact he had on you. Um, you know, it's, it's so hard sometimes to kind of get into the minds of some of these coaches, you just don't see them all the time. We don't see them, you know, in terms of um, observers, you know, in terms of their, their actual day-to-day lives and the way they handle themselves. Uh, we might only see them on TV periodically and whatnot. So that's really neat and, and really, um, really refreshing um, examples with Coach Bresci and, and uh, Buchanan. And really great to hear because attitude, I think, is so valuable and important. I think oftentimes it can be overlooked. Um, having a positive attitude um, is something that uh, can can really just change the trajectory of many things in life, uh, regardless of how bad something really might be. So um, it's neat to hear how much of an impact he had um, on your team. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, you know, one of the things here um, at Positive Coaching Alliance, we talk a lot about um, sportsmanship, and we talk about that in terms of honoring the game and that, that concept has taken hold as a concept uh, within U.S. lacrosse because the sport historically emphasizes that point. Um, going back to the sport's origin as the creator's game, um, what, what is it within the sport of lacrosse that raises sportsmanship to that high level? Uh, you know, that, that's a great question. I, I would just offer this. I mean, I think since – since I've been around the game, and you know, the game was introduced to me by my stepfather when I was very young, and he was a high school coach uh, who won championships and uh, in the state of Maine. And, and I remember being a ball boy and on the bus when I was young and going to those games and, and watching his team. But I, I can ne- I always remember just just uh, you know again the grace in which they won and how they managed and how they handled themselves in, in victory. Um, and that stuck with me. And then, you know, I saw more examples of that as I moved on. And it just, as I as I became an athlete and I experienced, you know, other sports, I always felt like lacrosse, uh, especially as I grew older uh, and had the opportunity to meet more and more incredible men in the sport. Uh, you just felt like there was a, it's a special, you know, fraternity, you know. And I think I'm still, I still pinch myself. I mean, I'm in a league with some of the best coaches in the, in the world, you know, in the Big Ten Conference, and you know these are these are some gentlemen, you know, and, and Coach Tierney now at Denver is someone that we've we've battled the last five or six years, and that's someone that I, I like I like idolized him growing up as a as a kid, you know, and 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 to have these these guys in our sport that that have really been so influential in our game, you know, and and have take the time to, you know, whether you're 22, 23, I can remember being like real young and going to. A convention and having you know some of those guys take the time to just just share just to talk and 
you know, I just, like I said, I think that fellowship is really unique in our sport. Uh, I certainly hope that that continues as our sport becomes more and more mainstream, if you will. And, uh, you know, I, I think it, that, that is challenging with some of the things that, that are, that are, we're up against with on the recruiting side. And, um, but I, I guess to go back to your point of sportsmanship, yeah, I mean, when you look at the, at the creator's game and you look at, at the, the, the true kind of core of where this game was, you know, and, and where it's come, uh, I've always been, you know, really, I, I think that's a really special thing about our game. And I, and I certainly am uh, proud to be a part of it and hope it certainly continues. No doubt. So kind of to close here, I, I'm going to ask you one another question about the uh, concept of sportsmanship. What do you think um, uh, sports organizers, you know, in other youth sports can do to help, um, you know, spread that message, the, the message that we have um, in, in lacrosse in terms of honoring the game? What are some ways do you think that we, what advice might be, you be able to provide to other youth sports um, leaders to kind of, get them uh, to spread this message within their organizations? Well, you know, I would just say this, you know, like when we, uh, when we close a game, you know, it's, it's, uh, we like to, you know, we're, we're grateful for our health, you know, and we certainly always hope to stay healthy and um, we're, we're grateful. Yeah. I think just, just graciousness, just to be, have this opportunity to compete between the lines uh, with another opponent, you know, and to have this brotherhood and, you know, when you go through the handshake, you know, the firm shake and the sincerity of that, um, but also just uh, that, that you have each other and that, hey, listen, we have an opportunity to compete together and to play the sport that we love. Um, you know, be humbled by that, be grateful for that. And, you know, I think it's okay to remind your men of that, you know, and to talk that way and to and, to, and allow them to share in that. And I think um, the more that as we as leaders and coaches can present that and put that in front of them and remind them how fortunate we are, uh, that you get to go to practice. You don't have to go to practice. You get to go to practice. And, um, you know, you get to go to a 6 a.m. lift. You know, you get to do this. And I think that well, having that op- having that mindset versus all I have to do or I have to do that is, is the difference, you know. And so I would just say that would be my advice. Great message. It truly is. And uh, it, it reminds me of something Herm Edwards um, said just recently. Um, he, he kind of asked this rhetorical question, um, when it comes to athletes, um, you know, are you interested in this experience or are you committed to this experience? Um, really, really great message. Um, Coach Myers, I just want to thank you again for spending the time with us today. Uh, a lot of great information you were able to share with us, and, and we really appreciate it. Uh, we want to wish you the best this season, both at Ohio State as well as at the uh, World Championships for the national team this July. Best of luck. Great. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us on this episode of PCA One-on-One. Be sure to visit PositiveCoach.org to download more podcasts.